you have what it takes. You are worthy. You belong. You deserve this. This is who you are. And for such a time as this, you are to step into this role and be that person, to be that leader for your team, for your company, for your marriage, for your kids. This is your time. Welcome to Evolve Leadership, the arena where high-achieving leaders are challenged to redefine their limits. My name is Angus Nelson. I grew up in the United States and I now live in Lisbon, Portugal. I'm an executive coach and I've spent my career advising and training leaders from startups to Fortune 500 companies. And here's what I've learned. An old, ineffective leadership framework will always keep you on a hamster wheel, consumed with work-life balance, burnout, and stress. Here on the show, each week we'll help you rethink the path to achievement. We'll help you discover new principles, new philosophies to the modern leader. Look, the world is relentlessly changing, demanding a new era of leaders. It's time to redefine your limits. So enter the arena, my friend. It's time to evolve. Welcome to the Evolve Leadership Show. Angus, I'm fired up today because we have a topic that every leader will face and how they walk through these seasons makes all the difference, doesn't it? Yeah, so I just read this article to uh, a buddy of mine, nod to you, David Armano, shout out. He posted this article where this guy, he's a 68-year-old engineer, he's just retired from, I believe it was AT&T, and he'd been there for 50 years. Same what? company for 50 years. Like Who does that? That's not the 25-year gold watch. <laughs> what do you get at 50 years? I have no idea, but this is... Titanium? Titanium The unicorn. Watch? Yeah, yeah, titanium watch. I don't know. But this is, this is the, like, unicorn. Like, who does that these days? Because the average mm. tenure of someone in a role is something like 1.8 years to, like, 2.4 years. It's, it's like... People are not at jobs longer than like two years, typically. Now, there's some corporate where people will stay longer, but even when you stay at the same company, and this is where there is kind of a, a collision of these two uh, contrasts, is that guy that was at this job for 50 years actually jumped to different roles within the company. But one of the things he said is he told everyone, every boss that he ever had, he just said, leave me alone and let me learn my job. And so he would go into these transitions with an expectation that he's going to have to learn, he's have to grow, he's going to have to adjust. And that's the part I believe is significant because then we jump into our conversation today where people are changing roles, changing jobs, even within the company or to another company. And every time you face a transition, Something's got to switch in you. Something's got to change. It's a different environment, a different culture, a different energy, a different something. And then related to that, and this is where I want to turn over to you, is these different other scenarios where what does that look like even when you lose a job? Right now, people getting laid off. What happens when you go start a new business? You get that promotion. You now hire a team and expand your headcount. What happens when you get that new round of funding? 
What happens when you go to that next series and the higher level of expectations and pressures and noise? What happens when you step onto a greater platform or exposure? Yeah. Every one of these requires that one key question that every leader asks when he goes through these transitions. Yeah. And Angus, for when each of us step into these moments, there's this excitement in some ways. Sometimes there's terror. You know, sometimes you, you're losing yeah. a job, you know, and your, your you know, five-year plan is shattered. Uh, for many of these things, these are great things, right? Starting your own business, getting yeah. a promotion, uh, hiring a team, getting a, uh, all of a sudden you went viral and you have this larger platform and people are asking you to speak at different stages. And there's this excitement, but then there's also this internal friction that we all run into it. And it is, it is crucial that every leader ask a question at the end we're going to talk about, because if we don't, if we don't learn how to handle these transitions, sometimes our internal is going to completely sabotage the external, right? It's, it's so inevitable that there's change in business and leadership. And if we can learn how to process internally as we move forward, the gremlins that come up that want to sabotage, that want to keep us down, that want us to derail us even before we get going, uh, if we can learn how to fight those and anticipate those and really lean into it, it's one of the most opportunities for growth as a leader, wouldn't you say? For sure. And you and I have talked before about what some leaders go through we have clients, we have members of our organization, and we get to hear their stories all the time. And we're going to share some of those short, those stories today. But when you look at like a transition from someone like Steve Jobs mm. at Apple, and when he stepped down and, and sadly passed away, and Tim Cook had to fill those shoes. Big shoes. Like... Oh my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? And you know, one thing he didn't do is he didn't try to be Steve Jobs. Yeah. Like I'm just going to be Tim Cook. And what does that mean for me to be like, what caliber of Tim Cook do I need to be to step into these new shoes? Or what about when uh, Jack Dorsey, when he left, you know, Square. That's right. And now I'm going to start this whole nother company, Twitter. Mm-hmm. now known as X, but he's not there anymore. Like, yeah. whatever. That's a whole nother story. But that was another transition. Like, I'm going to start a new thing. Who is the Jack Dorsey I need to be in this moment? Yeah. You know, and you can go on and on down the line. Reed Hoffman, I left PayPal, and now I'm going to go build this LinkedIn thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to completely transform the way that uh, workers and employers and employees can work with these companies, like how they interact, how they engage. You look at so many like larger names, and we're like, oh my God, they're amazing. They did all these. But the truth is, we all do it the same way. Yeah. And I think we've done a great job. We're going to keep teasing this out. There's one question you have to ask yourself at every one of these transitions and keep listening because we're going to get to that question. Yeah. But what are some of the common challenges that pop up in these transitions? Yeah, Angus, you and I have the privilege of talking to so many amazing leaders and some of these challenges come up. And what's interesting is I think the natural thing is to feel like you're alone in it. Like you're having these internal conflicts and you feel like I'm the only one. 
Yeah. And when you start hearing like, oh, these are very normal things when a leader faces transition, it just normalizes it. It lowers the stakes a little bit. And I think it helps you move through the, the one of the main ones is I'll call it fear and resistance. Sometimes it's a literal physical feeling we feel inside, like one of our members that I'm feeling it in my chest right now, yeah. <laughs> like dealing with when something comes up, you know, a new platform, a new, you know, hiring and, and, and leading humans, you know, or stepping into the yeah. new thing, there's this resistance that comes up. And you talk about resistance as, as a way of your body trying to keep you safe, your subconscious. Talk mm-hmm. about that for a second before I go through the rest of these. Yeah. So our fight and flight, you know, part of our brain has been with us through, you know, eons or 6,000 years, depending on how your theology plays out, your science (laughs) or whatever, like whatever it is, like we have this fight and flight type of mentality when we get into these challenging times. And that fight flight was to save us from saber two tigers, from enemies, from you know, being left out in the cold, uh, all these different things. And now in this day and age, we still have this active part of our brains. And whenever we step into something that creates a lot of emotional surge or fear or uh, uncertainty, we want to go back to what we know. Even if what we once knew was chaos, even if what we once knew wasn't quite what we desired, Mm -hmm. we're in a place of like, I don't know what I need to be, what do I need to do in this newer, strange environment? Yeah. And you start questioning, you know, yourself. And those gremlins, like we talked about in your head, start to like chip away at your confidence. They start to chip away at your abilities, your capacities, or even your track record. Mm. Like, what if I screw this one up? Yeah, maybe I was really good at that other thing. When I built that thing, yeah, that was really great. But I was younger. I was smarter. I had right. more ambition. Right. I took more risk. But now, what if? Yeah. And this is the stuff that if you're listening to this and you're raising another round, if you're expanding your team, if you're uh, adding headcounts, like you're having some of these thoughts of like, what if this all goes south? What if this economy breaks into some kind of tragedy? What if World War III starts? Mm-hmm. Like these are real things. And as a leader, there are ways to mitigate, ways to understand your capacities that in this question we're going to ask, you know, today on this show, you actually get to see revealed within yourself. Yeah. But to get there, that resistance, that it's thing real. that keeps you, pushes you back in that box, right? I'm going to yeah. give you three, like, the, the, the three things that oftentimes come up. Now, they may come in a different form. They may have a different shape. They may have a different word. But number one is, am I worthy mm. of this new opportunity, of this new position, of this new company? Am I worthy of this? Like, do I? Do I have this worthiness? Like, I don't know. That other guy, man, that person's really, that other person, they went to this school. That other person, they got this money. Yeah, this other person, right. <laughs> they have this track record and this, this reputation or this family line, you know, lineage. Yeah. But I don't. 
I don't know if I'm worthy of it. Or the second one is even, do I deserve this? Maybe you grew up in scarcity. Maybe you've mm. blown it in your past. Maybe you've made mistakes and you're like, well, I can't step into this big thing because I'm not deserving of mm. this thing. And again, the words might be different, but this is a very real thing we find when we start digging deeper into some of our client stories. Yeah. And then the last one is, and this one is something that is kind of an overarching that most people get to is simply, do I have what it takes? Yeah. Right. Yeah. We had a conversation with uh, another one uh, of our guests, uh, Natanya Anderson, and she said, am I enough? Mm. Right. Yeah. And, and that's I, powerful. I relate to that. And you, we mentioned this in an earlier podcast i've been 20 years in a profession been really successful in it and then transitioned into executive coaching and all of the skill sets lined up exactly like and and mm. in my head i'm thinking oh this is gonna be great right and yet yeah. that one question do i have what it takes and am i gonna blow it and i'll you know because now i have yeah. a family and now they're all counting yeah. on me and you know and I, I had a, actually a, a stress attack at one moment. Yeah, I remember calling mm. you on the phone going, what's happening to my body? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I can't get out of bed. And it was simply that one gremlin. Do you have what it takes? Yeah, you were successful here. And yeah, you were successful doing, you know, president of online college. But can you do this? You know, and it, mm. it, that oftentimes, if we can deal with those internal things, and mm. not just shove them, not just try to ignore them, but if we can actually lean into it and address it, it, it actually will lead to where we want to go. Angus, you and I were talking to a good buddy of ours who's going through a transition and he's feeling resistance. And what we were encouraging him with is, listen, that resistance is really promotion, you are getting, mm. the universe is promoting you to a greater level of leadership, a greater level of influence, and it's calling mm. you up higher. And so sometimes when we feel resistance, Angus, it's really not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing of like, here's your opportunity to grow. Yeah. Yeah. It's your invitation, right? That, that, that thing, that pressure, that noise, that whatever, it, I say it all the time, you know, that in the cave, you fear to enter lies the treasure that you seek. It's like, that's the thing. Like, oh my God, I, yeah. I, I don't know. If I know. And yet that's the promotion. Hmm. So many people will run back to safety. They're going to run back to the comfort zone. But only those people that push through get to see the promised land, get to see, you know, the, the thing they've been going after. Hmm. And this is the same thing when you lose a job. As we were saying before, like what happens if you get laid off? Well, yeah. What happens when it does? What does this make possible? Can you get a better company? Can you get a better paycheck? Can you get a better team? Can you be a part of a bigger vision? Can you be a part of a bigger movement? Can you be a part of a bigger, like whatever? Mm -hmm. Maybe my leadership can rise to a new level. I can uh, hone in my skills on a, a whole nother context. Yeah. Like, when you deal with the unknown and the uncertain, it's not for your demise. Yeah. It's for your elevation. It's for your, your, your promotion, like you said. And yet, so many, so many of us will go to imposter syndrome, mm. right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't belong at this place. Look, I got laid off. Oh, I don't belong at this place. Look, 
Um, I haven't run this big of a team. I don't belong. Yeah. Like I haven't worked in this industry before. I don't mm -hmm. belong. Whatever. Fill in the blank. And all of that is the garbage that fills our heads and say, I need to run back to safety because this transition, this elevation, this invitation, this promotion, I am not worthy. I don't deserve, or I don't have what it takes. Wow. It comes up over and over again. And the more that you can see this for what it is and get clear, like my mind is trying to be safe right now. And I'm not stepping into this next thing from a place of I'm risking it all. I'm betting the farm. Mm -hmm. It's actually me believing that I deserve that I'm worthy and I have what it takes. Yeah. And something shifts inside when the internal believes you belong. Yeah. One of my friends, we were on a plane. I may have told this story before. Uh, I, I don't know if I told you this, but we were, we were on our way to pitch to the American Dental Association. Mm. And uh, this consultancy I was a part of, uh, I'm in the plane and I'm having a little bit of my own freak out session. <laughs> and absolute imposter, like what in the hell am I right. doing on this trip with y'all? And uh, he saw I was kind of uncomfortable. I had that like knee shaking thing where my 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 foot was bouncing and my yeah. knee was going up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down really fast. He says, "You all right?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm good." He's like, "No, no, no, are you <laughs> all right?" And I knew this guy well enough. He knew me well enough. And I looked. I turned my head. You know, now I'm looking at him eye to eye. I'm like. I don't know about this, bro. And he right. said, tell me about it. And I was like, look, I did the prep work. I built all the pr presentation. I did all the things. I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready to like be in front of this, you know, opportunity. Hmm. And he put his head down for a second. And then he looked back up at me. And he said, you know, when you get an invitation to the party, hmm. you belong at the party. You belong. And yeah. something in my head, like I could get really emotional. It was such a game changer for me. Mm. Like I belong. So we went into that meeting and I had a completely different attitude about it. Yeah. Where I was cutting jokes and I was using my skill set and contributing to the team. Mm -hmm. Like it was awesome. It was powerful. Now, unfortunately, we didn't get the gig. But man, I felt good hey. about it being in that room. <laughs> and, and you did belong. I did belong, right? Yeah, yeah. And what are those other opportunities that we in and of ourselves have limited ourselves mm. because we bought the lie? Yeah. And imposter syndrome is one of those things where even though you are operating at a highly productive, high, high performing in your new role, there is this sense that at some point someone's going to find out that you're, you know, expose you for the fraud that you are. Right. And this internal shift can change everything. And Angus, I want to ask you, what is that one question that every leader as they're walking through transition mm -hmm. must answer in order to be able to successfully transition? Yeah. I'm going to caveat it with this. Every one of our members goes through what we call the slingshot year. 
which is an exercise where they plan 12 months into the future and they write down the accomplishments uh, that they foresee uh, in their company, in their revenue, in their families and relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And we map out this whole thing and then we go deeper and we get a little more granular about, you know, who's going to be impacted and how yeah. is, uh, you, how are you going to show up, you know, in those moments? You know, how are you going to feel about yourself? Blah, blah, blah. And we get into kind of an emotional realm. And the reason why we do that, and of course, there's a lot of other exercises we've gone through to get to this point. But at the end of the day, it is not about the accomplishment. It is not about the achievement. It is not about the thing that you are calling a goal. Because none of that means anything if you don't have what is necessary to sustain it. Hmm. And that is belief. So the question you have to ask yourself is, who must I be in order to create this thing I see? Hmm. Who must I be? Yeah. Because we can talk about, oh, the I'm going to work hard. I'm going yeah. to like, get all the right people. <laughs> I'm going to make all the calls, and I'm going to strive. I'm going to exert. I'm going to manufacture. I'm going to, like, all of that. And, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, you can make some progress. No, no sweat. No, I mean, yeah, it's lots of sweat, actually. I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem <laughs> believing your conviction. Yeah. But who is the leader? that does these kinds of things. Mm. What are that leader's habits? What are that leader's uh, preferences? What is that leader's relationships? What are that leader's disciplines? Mm. What is that leader that does those kinds of things? Who are they? Yeah. You want to be that leader, right? Yeah. And, and that is the, the internal shift angus we used to use the phrase who must you become but i love mm-hmm. that we have shifted it because that idea of who must i become insinuates that you're not there yet right it's almost like i'm here and this is my goal up here mm-hmm. and and so i'm going to try to become that person well that takes a lot of work it seems scary and it's actually not true the reality is is we are this person that's who we yeah. really are. That's who we were made to be. That's who we That's were who we've always born been. to be. The universe has worked life out yeah. and, and prepared us for this moment. We're just mm-hmm. playing small now. Yep. We're playing small back into our fears, our, our imposter syndrome, all that. And it's, it's one of those. And I wish there was a more modern movie reference, but I love the OG movie, the matrix. You remember that with yeah, Keanu Reeves yeah, yeah, and, sure. and, He's, talking, he's supposed to be the one, the person that's going to save the world. And he doesn't believe it. But as soon as he starts seeing it, well, then all of a sudden he can stop bullets. All of a sudden he can change everything. The more and more we see ourselves is that's who I really am. Another analogy is like we're, we're, we're really Superman, but we're covering up playing small with Clark Kent with all these other yep. behaviors and sabotage and stuff. But what we really need to do is let go of the old so that we can step into who we really are, wouldn't you say? Let me just pause for a second to say this. There is one trait that you will find in every successful leader, no matter their industry, no matter their role. And that trait is action. 
And we want to inspire ambitious leaders like you to bet on yourself and take action on those audacious goals that you see in your heart. That's why we created our 90-Day Accelerator. It's a results-driven, battle-tested framework designed specifically for high-performing leaders like you to get unstuck and propel you towards your goals. And in just 90 days, you won't even recognize the person you used to be. To be a part of this elite community, go to evolveleadership.org. Now, back to the show. My dad, when I was younger, I used to think this was hilarious. I would walk in and he would see me out of the corner of his eye or my brother or whatever, and he'd be shaving or, you know, something at the bathroom mirror. And he would look in the mirror and he's like, you good looking mother, don't you ever die. <laughs> and I just thought that was so funny, dad. That was so funny. You're like dad jokes all day, right? I, for whatever reason, I always thought that was funny. Hmm. And now there's this other attribute that I think about. You good looking mother, you talented mother, you you know, whatever. And if you're female, I don't know what word you replace it with. Maybe you can be a mother. I don't know. <laughs> and it is this conviction of who I already am and always yes. have been. Yes. And like, this is the stuff I was just telling you before we got on this, like I, I was writing another chapter for the book on this topic, right? Mm. Of Everything you've done has prepared you for such a time as this. And therefore, you are exactly where you need to be right here, right now. Yeah. Every failure, every misstep, every mistake, every layoff, every like failure, everything that you've ever done gave you wisdom, you know, lessons, insights. Like that is now your superpower. That's your advantage, your unfair advantage for the future. Yeah. Because life has prepared you for what life has prepared for you. And now this elevation, this graduation, this coronation, whatever you want to call yeah. it, is been established for you right here, right now. And of course you belong. Hmm. Now, will you give yourself permission to be that leader? Yeah. Will you give yourself permission to step into that realm, to step onto that throne, to step into that power, that presence, that capacity, because yeah. it's already in you. Like what happens when some of our members take on some of this conviction? Like you and I were talking uh, earlier about your wife and oh, she yeah. had to step into one of these transitions. Like, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. That so was a she, great story. She worked for a really large nursing skilled uh, facility. She's a, she's a nurse that was, um, her training and she goes into it as a charge nurse or whatever. And very quickly within three years, she was promoted to running the whole place. One of the largest facilities in the area. And her position was one that people dream of ending up at someday in their career. When I, you know, mm. at the end of my career, when I'm 60, I can finally be, you know, the director of nursing running this large facility. And by the age of 30, she was doing that. And she had many, most of the nurses were older than her that she was in charge of. And there was this moment where she had to step into her own step into. And for her, it was a place of faith of I was I'm ready for this moment. I've been prepared for this mm -hmm. moment, even if I feel like yeah. 
you know, I'm going to get a lot of flack from older people or whatever. I'm not going to try to overcompensate. I'm just going to be me. And the me who I was that got me here is the same me that's going to continue to grow. And, and I think that level of staying true to who you are, not trying to overcompensate, but also step into a greater you, a greater growth of you, I think is uh, important. Angus, what about some of our other members? Well, one, I'm going to contrast like two right off the gate. One was a member and one was actually a conversation I had with somebody a few months ago. And the one I had a conversation with a few months ago was uh, a, a man who his family was very successful had multiple companies, you know, and, and I'm talking like in the multi, multi millions, uh, this company was a very, you know, influential company. And it was almost like a scene out of secession yeah. where the kids who are trying to prove themselves and trying to assert themselves in certain roles, like this, this guy is wanting to do some things, but he's fearful about what that, the implications of that are. And I told him uh, during our conversation, I said, everything you've described for me is actually not what a real leader is. Hmm. And he was kind of taken back. And I said, you know, the strongest person in a room, he's like, who's that? I said, the person who has nothing to gain, nothing to prove and nothing to lose. Wow. That's the most powerful person in the room. And he got like his face went red like flush and he's like you don't understand i have everything to lose wow and he was speaking about you know the family money and family legacy etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm. and i said and therein lies your problem wow you think in your identity that you're nothing without that family without that name and without that money but what if you have the ability to go and create that on your own mm. what if you have the gift to be able to have that identity to be that guy yeah and it freaked him the hell out. And I'm okay with that. Because I, in that moment, I just wanted to tell him truth. And this is where all of us lie. Is we're, I don't mean lie as, in, as where we, <laughs> we place. Is we, we get to this, this thing. is like we believe the lie that I don't belong. That I can't do this. That I'm not capable of that. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. But what if you've always been? Wow. And furthermore, what if you're... And this is, this is where we get really like nitty gritty, mm -hmm. the nitty gritty <laughs> is you don't have to have the answers. Yeah. You just have to have resourcefulness. Mm -hmm. Like what if you can hire the right team, get the right people, get the right smarts in the room. Yeah. Right. So I share that on one side of the spectrum is someone who isn't willing to be what he's capable of being. Mm -hmm. Then I have another client who has opened up this fabric, this metal fabrication company. Yeah. And <clears throat> he also came out of a family business and left said family mm -hmm. business to build his own. Like I'm going to go do it. So he left another multi-million dollar company of his family's to go do his own thing in a completely different state. Yeah. <clears throat> and as he's building it, he's like, I've got a small team. I'm just doing my thing. And he saw himself as a local company. Yeah. I'm serving this city. I'm serving the, the manufacturers and the, or no, not the manufacturers, but the builders uh, in this, this company, or excuse me, in this community. And as we were working together and he started to expand his vision, 
he started to realize in the same way that his family business and what they were capable of doing, he's like, what am I doing? I can be regional. I I can be national. Mm. And something shifted in his leadership. Yeah. And he went from just hiring anybody with a pulse, you know, for his company, basically, <laughs> to ratcheting up. He's like, I only hire A-level players mm. because I'm an A-level boss. Wow. And now he, he was just talking to this, uh, this woman who had retired from this big corporate gig. She doesn't want all the pressure. She used to run like a team of like 300 people. She just wants to have a job where she can have meaning and contribution. <clears throat> and somehow they stumbled upon each other and, I, and he had an interview with her. And I said, what are you going to do? He said, I'm going to sell her on the vision. Mm. And that's exactly what he did. And she's like, I want to be part of this ride. Yeah. And that's being, being the leader, seeing yourself as that leader, right? And one more, I'll tell you one more story about like, yeah, 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 yeah. now. Uh, so, so Mike, one of, one of our uh, earlier uh, members, he, when he came to me, he was working in the automotive industry. He was in, the, in, in vehicle sales. He actually uh, was in a place where he was uh, the finance guy mm. for this big dealership. And he made great money. He, you know, was able to supply for his family you know, immensely. But he hated the industry. He hated <laughs> being that place. He hated the lifestyle and kind of what it, breed, mm. you know, what it would breed in, in some of the attitudes. Um, and it just wasn't his jam. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What, what do you, as I say all the time, Spice Girl principal, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> and he said, well, I had gone back to school and I got my degree in, um, I forget what it was, like some kind of a business management. Yeah, management He's like, and what I want to do is I, something like that. Yeah. He said, I want to lead teams. Mm. I want to build culture because that's what I'm really good at. I feel like I have a, a, a knack for that. And as we were talking, I'm like, well, shoot, man, what, what is it that you, you think you can do in building a system? And this is after several weeks. And he said, oh, we'll do this, this, and this. And I'm like, well, shoot, that thing that you have is a five-step process. And the acronym is TEAMS. Mm. Why don't you just be the TEAMS coach? I love it. And he immediately went out, bought the domain, and you know, got the, 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 the swagger yeah. of this is who I am, and went out and started getting his clients. And that conversation went from February until October and October he left that job where he was making 200 grand and had replaced his entire income stream with this new company. Wow. His own company. Yeah. And who must you be? What I love about that is that it is an internal shift that then manifests on the outside as that powerful leader that we desire to be aspire to be but the internal shift is that is who i freaking am like i yeah. am that man yeah. i am that woman i just need to let go of yeah. the old i need to let go of the playing small the in that one example the regional you know or the city yeah. thing no what about national well what would it take what kind of leader does that take and angus one of the things that i want to sort of land the plane on this thought I think there's a lot of different takeaways in order to make that shift or things that mm -hmm. we can do. My, my, my first thought is to change the inputs, right? Our inner critic mm -hmm. is a 
I won't say, I won't say what it, our inner critic's not nice. I'll say it for you. <laughs> Your inner, he's an asshole. He, I'll say it. I'll say right? it. Our inner critic will beat us up over and over and over. And it reminds me, I was yeah. at the height of my athletic career, Angus, in senior year of baseball in high school. I had two coaches. The first one was a yeller. And he would just come and he said, Timmy, I can't believe you do that. You better not mess up. Right. And it just, yeah. it never motivated me. It just put this undue pressure on me. And if, you know, if I didn't do it, I, you know, fail, you know, failure. And I remember this other guy, his name was Eric Daisy and coach Daisy. We were in the playoffs. It was a, a legion, uh, which is basically like the all-star of the whole region. You get together and we were in the playoffs and it was tie ball game. We were in the bottom of the ninth. I come up. And he pulls me aside, Eric Daisy. I'll never forget this. He pulled me aside. I'm like, okay, you know, I got to get this hit. Got to get this hit. And he looks me dead in the eyes. He said, Tim, you were born for moments like this. Go out and get that hit. And I did. I'll never forget it. It is the power of belief. It is the power of either someone and who better to believe in yourself than you of having inputs that are saying, you got this, you got what it takes. You deserve a great life. You do. You are worthy of this Mm. role. I just want to take a moment to you who are listening in your car, doing the dishes, mowing the lawn, out in exercise, you're in the gym. You have what it takes. You are worthy. You belong. You deserve this. This is who you are. And for such a time as this, you are to step into this role and be that person that you know you're capable of, to be that leader for your team, for your company, for your marriage, for your kids, for your legacy. This is your time. And if you're questioning that, like, I want to remind you in this moment, That voice is a liar. That voice is pushing you back to your safe place, and you've come too far to only come this far. I want to see you be all that you're capable of, to optimize, to maximize who you know yourself to be, and you know you've got more in the tank. You know you have higher capacities, higher capabilities. And the invitation is yours to step into it. So I want to give you some strategies about building your inner game. Number one, step into mindset habits of someone who thrives and grows in a new rule. They say that success leaves clues. People who are doing what you've done, look at their lives. What are their habits? What are some of the things they're doing? Now, I know some would say, oh, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and I run for 45 miles and I swim 3,000 laps. It's like, I know you're a 4.30 guy. <laughs> but I'm saying sometimes they sound so outrageous. Totally. It's like my morning routine is never going to be sure. that. No, it's sure. like maybe for some successful, but I'm saying those are not necessarily have to be your habits. Shape them to your own. But. It does mean if there's a morning routine in that, like maybe you need more routine. If there's some books that they're reading, if there's some things they're watching, things they're listening, the inputs they're taking, like follow those footsteps. Number two, the power of mentorship. Mm. Like who can show you the path? Who can show you the way? Who has gone before you? Find someone who has made a similar transition 
even somebody who might even be in the same company and they've gone to higher uh, lengths and or higher lengths, higher heights, right? Yeah. Number three, build a supportive community around mm, yourself. Like who are your cheerleaders, right? Who's your personal board of directors? Like not just the guys you play fantasy football with, not the guys that you're like involved in, like, I don't know, I was gonna say bowling leagues or whatever, golf games or whatever. No, no, the people that you can have honest conversation. And if you don't have those kinds of people, how can you get those kind of people in your life? You know, you need those kind of women who can speak truth and pull the best out of you. Mm-hmm. You need those kind of men who are gonna like call it like they see it. Yeah. Build a supportive community. Number four, remember that your past successes, like they are stepping stones. They don't qualify to say, I can't do that again. They say that you were able to figure something out mm. and you didn't know what you were doing back then. What makes you think you have to know what you're doing now? Like you have a figure out ability about you. You have this ability to rise to the occasion. Like all of your past successes have proven that to you. They are your confirmation that you're on the right path, right? And uh, there's a book called The Gap and the Gain. We've talked about this uh, a lot in our, in our membership, is that focus on how far you've come, mm. not to whatever idealism or perfection you think is up there. That's the gap. Where you think perfection is versus where you are is always going to leave you in lack yeah. and scarcity and regret. However, if you look at where you started mm-hmm. to where you've become, Focus on that gain, the momentum, the, the progress. And lastly, number five, believe that you are worthy and capable. Believe it so that you can be it. So I don't care what transition you're facing. You are the hero of this story. You are the champion to make manifest what you see before you. And if you're questioning yourself, like, should I do this? Should I not do this? Rather than trying to get all logical about all the ways why you shouldn't, I want to challenge you to make a list of all the reasons or all the facts that prove that you can or that you should. Mm. And if you cannot prove it on that list, well, then maybe you can question it. But if you look at that list and you're like, well, damn, damn, let's go then you can be the leader you need to be in order to accomplish this thing that you see yourself yeah. to be. And friend, we want to be in your corner. We want to be that voice that's not saying you better not fail. We want to be that voice that says you were born for this moment. Go out and do it. Come on. Come on. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. As we wrap up another episode of Evolve Leadership, thank you so much for taking time to invest in you. If there's to be any sustainable growth in your company or even in your relationships, you must grow first. And it's what I love to do for leaders, to help them grow, to challenge their thinking, sharpen self-awareness, to instill an unshakable confidence, and ultimately upgrade their sense of self. And we do this through our proprietary method called Agile EQ+ where we're leveraging agile leadership and emotional intelligence. We provide our signature training for individuals and for businesses, we've designed a unique curriculum for company-wide learning and development. If you'd like to learn more about our training or to schedule a call, you can simply go to evolveleadership.org. 
And until next time, stay driven, keep climbing, and never stop evolving. Oh, 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 oh,